coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. The employer has less leverage today than they have in the past. It is a very, very candidate-driven marketplace, and great candidates right now have multiple options. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome to another episode of the Hive Life Podcast, where we visit with another fellow business owner. I'm Jared Latch, alongside Tim Bear, co-founders of Spherical Media. This is the final episode of our three-part podcast series that focuses on talent retention and technology, something that is an integral part and key driver of any business's success. And we welcome David Preston, who is CEO and co-founder of PeopleSuite, good friend of ours. He lives in the recruiting world. And David, we appreciate you being here. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, looking back, that's where we want to start. Okay. You punched your ticket as a business owner back in 2012. But leading up to that, it spent around 14 years in real estate and banking. What led you to that, that moment where you actually switched over and said, okay, this is what I want to do? The day I got the phone call, I didn't know it was something I was going to do. It was it, literally a phone call. So our business is uh, family owned. My dad founded the business about 20 years ago. And uh, I spent the first 14 years of my career building, uh, you know, a career in banking and was doing very well as a senior VP at U.S. Bank. And um, he called me and said, hey, it's time. Uh, I've got a business that's, you know, gotten to a point where it's some, somewhat stable. Uh, he was also kind of at that age where he was thinking, what's his exit strategy? And uh, I was a comfortable, safe place. And then, you know, my skill set was running sales teams. And he needed to have a business partner in his practice that could help him operationalize and build a foundation for the future. So, um, you know, my, my skill set that I, I had built in my career in banking was very applicable to what we needed to do to grow it. And then as a banker, you know, I was very risk averse. Right? <laughs> uh, that was kind of what I did for a living was underwrite, underwrite risk for our clients. And um, so... For me, making the entrepreneurial leap probably wouldn't happen without there being some foundation for success. And I, I saw a lot of potential in the business that my dad had started. So, um, you know, we're now today, he's, we finished his exit strategy and, and um, it, it's been a really, really good move. So I, I, I had no intention of being an entrepreneur. It, it really uh, fell in my lap. I mean, I remember I was grilling uh, on a rainy day outside of my driveway when, uh, when, when Gary called me and said, hey, would you join the business? Is this something you'd be interested in? And, and here I am. That's awesome. Um, so your current role at PeopleSuite now, give us a little overview of the organization, your guys' specialty differentiator, and what is probably a pretty busy market. Crazy market. Um, generational market for talent acquisition. I'm, I'm sure any of the listeners on here, if you're hiring right now, you understand the challenges in the talent marketplace. Um, our business, when Gary founded the practice, uh, Gary's dad, uh, when he founded the practice 20 years ago, it was executive retained search, right? So we were helping clients kind of in that VP level up to CEO. And um, that has evolved. Um, the business back then was called Preston and Partners. Uh, when I joined the business, was in it for a couple of years, kind of earned my stripes, carried my own briefcase, and then started a contingency division that we uh, initially started as a separate business because we had some, call it head trash around diluting our retained brand. So we set it up as a separate entity, and we found a tremendous amount of success in that. So today, what we have is a business that was merged together three years ago called People Suite, and it is a suite of people-related products, including retained executive search, contingency search, we do some contract staffing, and then a lot of assessment services and some HR consulting. So we, um, yeah, we try to 
we try to bring a lot of expertise and professionalism to our practice, and, and we, we do a lot for our clients. Now, you've been a, a regular staple on Inc. 5000, Fast 50. What have you found key to that recipe for success and continued sustained growth? Process. Um, it's, you know... And so, I like to hear that. Yeah. I, like, I like process. <laughs> he <laughs> does. I'm not so great at process. We all have our strengths, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, and this is, I think, the reason uh, why, why Gary saw in me, you know, leading a sales team and, and having defined processes around what makes us great. How do we sell? Um, what does the client experience look like? You know, originally, Gary affectionately called the team at Preston Partners a, a merry band of misfits. It was, <laughs> you know, a person in New York, a person in Florida, and we were all kind of independent operators. And we needed, in order to scale the practice, we had to have a foundation. Uh, and so my big focus over the last, you know, 10 years is really nine years since in the business has been really building a, a practice that's sustainable, that has all of those pieces. I mean, it took me even five years in the business before we had a thing like an employee handbook or we just, we needed all that. And, um, and the last couple of years is, is with COVID has even increased that focus on process and systems so that we can be exceptional and repeatable and, and really focus on what that client and candidate experience looks like and then get really, really good at it. So um, for us, growing and scaling has been about starting small and building the building blocks for you know, not a $2 million or $5 million or $10 million or $15 million book, but what is our business going to look like in five years and 10 years and build that today so that we can, uh, we're not stumbling through it when we get there. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but this environment, probably the toughest we've seen in, in our business careers um, as far as hiring new people. What What's going on? What's the, you know, how do you find success in this environment? environment? And then, you know, how long is this going to go on? Great question. Um, I wish I had a crystal ball. I think there, there are a lot of dynamics in play. You've got an aging workforce, you know, that, that 55 and up that was still in the workforce. You know, they've seen their homes appreciate. They've seen tremendous growth in their 401ks. A lot of people have pulled out of the workforce because they're retiring early and they feel good. So, um, you know, the, the unemployment numbers, the, those folks that have left the workforce and are not accounted in that kind of employment market, um, like 90% of them are over 55. Mm -hmm. So you've had a big shift of kind of more senior or older workforce that's come out. That's tightened the constraints in uh, or, or tightened the, the marketplace. And then you've had a lot of government incentive, right? Um, for, that's further downstream. So those hourly employees are really, really difficult to hire for. Um, we don't play too much in that space, but um, government incentives have certainly created a challenge. Um, and everybody's growing. I mean, there's a lot of consumerism, a lot of buying right now. And, and uh, you know, our markets are retail, consumer products, and manufacturing, and they're all very robust right now. So we're seeing it across the board. All of our clients are, are eager and hungry and looking for people and struggling with these same challenges. And it's not a market-to-market -market issue. It's, we're seeing it nationally. Mm -hmm. is, is it a position in terms of uh, skill set at all? Do you see more plentiful talent in one area versus another? I know that we... Uh, you know, our self-search for, for sales position, that has been difficult. If we open up a marketing or a creative position, we could have more candidates than we would ever need. What are you seeing in that way? Is sales harder to find traditionally or just extra tight right now? Sales is always hard. Um, it's, it's not, yeah, salespeople are, if I could, if I could figure out the special sauce of hiring salespeople, uh, my business would be bigger than it is today. It really is. I, I, I keep, I, I jokingly say that I, I wish I could figure out uh, an assessment tool that measured grit and wit. 
And those are two things that, that do really well in our business. And unfortunately, there's just uh, that's not out there in the marketplace. But salespeople are tough, right? Um, uh, and even are you selling a product? Are you selling a service, right? We've, we've tried to bring in uh, people into our business that have traditionally sold a product, right? You sell a product, it's here's the product, give me the money, transaction finished. Selling services is much, much more difficult. And we sell people. Right. Talk about difficult. Right. Yeah. They've got they've got a spouse. They've got opinions. They've got kids that are on the star soccer team. How do we re- I mean, it's it's an even more challenging um, product to sell. So, yes, all of our clients are looking for that uh, that special sauce um, in our realm, our world, particularly within retail and consumer products. We have hotspots, uh, omnichannel supply chain. Um, those are probably the two hottest areas that we um, we're, we're dealing with. And all of our clients are trying to solve problems and, and uh, create solutions in those two areas. And that particularly with an omni is a is a very tight talent marketplace. So certainly um, when there's ebbs and flows to the talent marketplace, what's hot today, what's what's going to be hot tomorrow? We don't we don't know. Is there a uh you know, a certain time of year that's better to hire certain positions. So like, for instance, I've been told in the past, you really don't want to hire a salesperson in Q4 because if they're good, they're looking to get their bonus at the end of the year. And so the people that are looking at that time of year probably aren't the good ones. And so you should be looking in after the new year for those salespeople. Are there certain ways that you guys time it out or think on those cycles? You know, we really don't. So our, our clients will come to us and we're a very, um, customer centric. Our, our business model is based on the customer. So they can come to us and they may have a sales need in November. Or they may have it in April. Um, ideally, it's certainly easier to find that talent uh, from a sales perspective in April. And there's always a, a bit of a, an exodus that occurs after bonuses occur. Um, but those conversations start before they happen, uh, right before those bonuses are paid. So, you know, I, I, if you need those salespeople uh, and you're at the end of the year, then you need to be, anticipate either meeting some of that anticipated bonus or you know you might be able to bridge it with a signing gap or signing bonus um there's different ways that you can certainly bridge it but more difficult to hire it certainly uh, around the fourth quarter it's difficult to walk away from six digit numbers um or i'm sorry five digit numbers you got a 20, 10 20 30, bonus coming and payouts in march it's hard to it's hard to walk when you look at the environment and you compare the employee or prospect to the employer how has leverage changed or shifted? Does each still have leverage? How is that dynamic playing out? I would say that the employer has less leverage today than they have in the past. It is a very, very candidate-driven marketplace, and great candidates right now have multiple options. And uh, there's, if you, if you could ever choose a time to be unemployed, it's today, because you're, you're, you're probably going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, the candidates that do well, or I'm sorry, the clients that do well in attracting the market, uh, attracting the talent into their business have an intentional process around candidate experience during the interview process. Um, there's, and I can dive deep into this, this topic, we coach a lot of our clients on how to create a very candidate focused experience, right? You never let a candidate sit in a waiting room for 30 minutes. You don't have uh, multiple interviews in the in a day interview process where the same different interviewers are asking the same questions. Um, how do you how do you create that process? You don't let the candidate sit for two weeks and not hear about next steps or feedback or, or you really got to touch candidates and move quickly in today's marketplace. Um, diversity and inclusion is huge, huge right now. All right, so we we do not have a client conversation today where diversity and inclusion isn't brought up. Um, so if there's uh, you know diverse candidates move even faster uh, and 
<laughs> we, we have clients call us and say, we need diversity in this role. Um, and we will, 75% uh, of the slate has to be diverse in nature. So we, uh, we, we oftentimes are, and we're getting those calls weekly from our clients. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about the candidate experience. You gotta, um, that's where you can create leverage in your experience, um, or, or create leverage from a, uh, an employer standpoint, but candidates, uh, they're, they're in a really good seat right now. They are in a position of power and, um, probably more so than, than in the last 20 years. Are there any tools that people are using um, really well to, one, gauge the market, uh, be able to figure out, you know, what opportunities are out there um, and ones that you might use with, with potential clients that you guys are working with? Sure. So, like, our, our business is, um, so, and, and forgive me, Tim, help me understand the question a little bit more. What tools are we using to sort of identify opportunities I in the marketplace? So. Yeah. So our, our, our clients come to us and look for a very specific skill set, right? Um, search firms as a whole, we, we get a lot of resumes, what we call over the transom, right? I get 100 resumes a day, no joke. And everybody in my practice is also getting uh, lots of resumes uh, over the transom. So, but our clients are really hiring us for a skill set. So our client will come to us and say, I need, you know, a... Uh, a category manager with meat and cheese experience that that understands this and's got this much leadership experience and this kind of degree and and then we go out in the marketplace and find that um, the uh, as far as tools about identifying what what opportunities are out there you know we use LinkedIn a ton uh, more for candidate uh, identification certainly those opportunities can or those those tools can also you know whether it's LinkedIn or Indeed or uh, other digital platforms I think they can help you identify what's in the marketplace. But we try not to and recommend candidates don't rely on those to help get them in the door with those. It's, it's still a bit old school in that approach. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to network, you got to work it and, and try to get, you know, try to find ways to get your resume on top of the stack. Um, but, you know, th there are a tremendous amount of digital tools and, and uh, web-based platforms right now that can help with candidates and clients to identify uh, either or. And once you are at that point of, you know, you've got somebody that you think is a potential uh, candidate that could work with this company, they know the meat and cheese stuff, but now you need to make sure they're a cultural fit. You guys go into personality tests, those kind of things, all that stuff? Yeah, we do. So behavioral assessment's a great way to get, uh, get a, a deeper look into kind of what makes those individuals tick. And the longer a client uses a specific tool, whether it's DISC or, um, I mean, there's, there's a whole yeah. ton of those tools out there. I'm not uh, pushing one or the other. Um, the longer you use a tool, the better sense you get of what the behavioral characteristics within a job are. Um, you can certainly use those tools to assess your current team and say, say you've got, you know, a retail client's got 100 district managers. All right, there's A's, B's, C's, and D's in that group. Like, what, what are the common characteristics in the A's? From a behavioral standpoint, to make them uh, make them work, and we can assess our our, our uh, incoming candidates to see if they fit with that profile. Um, but a big believer in assessment. You know, I think most search firms push against that as a as a, it's another hurdle, right. right? And getting a candidate across slows the down the line. process. Yeah. But you know, uh, a good search partner, or a good search firm. If anybody's out there listening, I mean, you should find a search firm that that embraces that. Because at the end of the day, it's about finding fit. It's about finding long-term fit within an organization, somebody that's going to do well. So, you know, the search firm, if they're a good partner with you, should embrace that as part of the process. And this goes in the tool category, but more for the, the company, I guess, with hiring and retention, being attractive from a, a cultural standpoint, especially, and we've talked about it, the importance of video and where that fits in the equation. 
Yeah, I, look, video can be a very powerful tool. Obviously, we're all very comfortable on Zoom and WebEx, or I, I don't know the, the multitude of products that we're all, you know, in the last two years, I think, especially gotten very comfortable using. Um, if you can't meet face to face, and, and in my business, we're we're still one hundred percent remote. Um, I've hired three or four people in the last six months that I haven't met face to face. Mm. So. Um, I think you've got to leverage those platforms and, and get a sense. And I've also made decisions the opposite. I, I haven't hired people because of the, the, you know, how they present themselves on, on those calls. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a lot of opportunity. I, for, I mean, clients need, need to use that. Um, there's also a lot of video technology out today that where you can um, interview multiple candidates where they can actually submit video as part of the hiring process, um, kind of pre-determined uh, questions. They submit video recordings, and you can actually use it as a screening tool before you waste time doing interviews. Sure. Um, there's a lot of auto automated processes now from a video standpoint that can uh, kind of help weed out uh, potential candidates. And then the self-serving side for us here at Spiracle, I mean, obviously telling you guys' story as a company, that's been another piece, and we had to work with you a couple of years back yeah. in doing that. So that's another world that... Absolutely. I mean, the video is powerful. I mean, go to our website. We've got, uh, you know, About Us page or a company page, and having having internal people talk about our values, our kind of who we work, who we are, how we tick, uh, is, is really, really powerful. And... Um, you know, we get, you know, we've been best places to work. You guys have been too over the last several years. Those are, those are great things. But until you can actually see it and feel it and, and hear people talk with, uh, you know, from a, a storytelling perspective, I think it, that, that goes, always goes up much, much further than, than written words on a website. And David, when you look ahead at, at where the market, the labor market is going, will some of these challenges diminish a little bit? I, I know seeing an article a couple weeks ago, it slid that the, the resignation numbers slowed a little bit in October, and that might be just part of the year, and you had so many jump off prior to. What do you see well into 2022? Yeah, the Fed's or do you got, just hang on to? Well, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. The Fed's certainly got um, some complex problems they're dealing with. I mean, how do they how do they deal with inflation without creating a recessionary environment? Um, you know, our business is uh, very cyclical in nature. Obviously, with uh, recessionary environments, are not good for hiring, and, and times like today are, are crazy. Um, this is a unique though. I mean, people, we, we may have a downturn next year and we're expecting under 3% unemployment next year. So there's a, it's like the market's not aligning with what we, uh, what we would think in a traditional sense. Um, I think the hiring market's going to remain tight over the next 18 to 24 months. Uh, beyond that, I, I, I don't even pretend to predict <laughs> what's in the crystal ball, but, um, you know, I, I'm still growing my business right now and adding talent into my own practice because I believe personally that the talent marketplace is going to be exceptionally tight. And uh, these these problems from a talent perspective are not going anywhere. There's no easy solution. So we're going to be, um, you know, we're going to be continuing to work really hard for the next, next couple of years. So <laughs> that makes sense. Um, all right. A few rapid fires that we still to finish with here. Bring it. Have some fun. Um, what will we find on David Preston's music playlist? Oh Lord, I am a uh, I am a huge fan of yacht rock. Um, I was, you know, I drive old cars and I listen to old music, and most of its music I I, I can sing along to uh, a lot of yacht rock, and it's not stuff I listen to with my friends because it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> this podcast will likely come out and be released after the college football playoffs have been complete. Come on, go dogs! Yeah, you is a, a huge. Georgia guy that went there and you go to every game. I don't think you missed very many games. So if you're looking back at that point and this has been completed, what has happened with the dogs? Oh, God. I, I, 
Great question. Um, I think we're going to take Ala, uh, take Michigan in the Citrus Bowl, and I think it's going to be a battle in Indianapolis between Alabama and Georgia again. I'm not predicting. I, it's going to be as a, it always is. Right? It's going to be a fun end of the season, and I'm, I can't wait for it. I'm going to zag instead of zig here. What is your favorite golf course you've ever played? Oh, um, a huge golfer. I know yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just played an amazing course last week called Musgrove Mill. Um, uh-huh. God, it was hard. Uh, we had a really good time at a good group down there. Um, you know, played all the Pinehurst courses. I, I just, I, I love experiencing golf courses. There's so many great ones. It's hard to pin one down, but um, just the experience of being with friends on a golf course in that kind of environment is uh, on good golf courses. Is, it, it warms my heart. Now, you mentioned <laughs> the old cars, but here, if you have a, any other interesting hobby that people wouldn't know about, you enjoy doing, what would it be? Or I, what is it? I play a lot of pool. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm part of a billiards league and uh, made cities for uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks in nine ball. So that's my, yeah, it's my, my, not many people know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. It's David, like my, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Really enjoyed the, the conversation. Good to see you as always. Yeah, it was fun. Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We want to remind you, you can find out more about Spiracle Media by heading to spiraclebuzz.com or by following us on all the major social media platforms. You can check out our newest brand, Spiracle Films, as well by going to spiraclefilms.com. For David Preston and Tim Bear, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for listening and so long for now. You've been listening to The Hive Life, brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.